Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 23rd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Do you have PL Plus? No, get out of here. This is just for PL Plus members. Thank you all so much for supporting the site. So, we are going to talk about, of course, the SP roundup from yesterday. I live with Michael Kopech. Seven innings pitch, zero and runs, one hit, two walks, six K, sixteen whiffs, thirty percent CSW. Went against the Yankees, but here's the thing: he hit a hundred on the gun, sat ninety-seven point four yesterday. That's two point five ticks higher than the ninety-four point nine we've seen this year. Earned ten whiffs on those four seamers, nearly a twenty percent swing strike rate on it, and his breaking balls earned seventy-six percent strikes. This is it. This is what we wanted the entire year. Now, this may be an amped Kopech because of all the things of the White Sox with the Yankees and Josh Donaldson being an absolute idiot, and it's terrible. So, that might have been why Kopech was a little bit more amped and went for it here. Maybe it's also an ESPN. It was inside New York. Whatever it is, I hope this sticks around. If it does, this is the Kopech that was promised. This was the guy I got hyped about in the preseasons, even suggesting that I might want to have him instead of Dylan Cease. We haven't seen that thus far. But if it's this guy, yeah, this is the guy. Okay, we'll see what happens. Hopefully it works out. Sandy Alcantara won nine innings of a complete game shutout, but it was three unearned runs, 25 whiffs along the way across 115 pitches. He was great. I still think there's another gear, if you can believe it. He's not quite at the level of, oh, man, here's my slider and you can't touch it levels. But he's really good. I mean, it's not all there yet. It's amazing. He's still this good. I think he's going to get his ace is going to ace tag after the next start. After one more start, he gets it. Uh, Taiwan Walker was insane inside of Colorado. Seven innings of zero and runs, five hits, two walks, six Ks. It's because of his splitter. It was good at seven whiffs and a 73% strike rate. But his fastball was just 93.4. Uh, no, we wanted to see 94.5, close to 95 on Taiwan Walker's fastball. That is down. I don't know how he survived course. I guess he did, but I'm not really buying this. Um, for Tywin Walker. I don't think that the secondaries are the path to success for Walker. I think it's the fastball. Uh, Luis Severino won seven innings of zero and runs and eight hits, zero walks in, five Ks against the White Sox. He couldn't finish off batters like we wanted to see, but the slider was really good. Eight over 27 whiffs on a slider. Like, that's good. We want to see that. That's what I've been chasing for a while. Great to see. He's a 96 plus. This is all good. You should feel very good about Severino. Brady Singer came up again. I think he's replacing Carlos Fernandez in the rotation as they should. They'll be doing it in Kansas City. Seven innings of zero and runs. Four hits, three walks, three Ks. I don't know if it's enough. The changeup that we got excited about last time. Oh, man, he's got this changeup, and maybe that's the secret. Nah, it wasn't much of anything. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't know if the slider is going to be a 43% CSW pitch, and if he can go sinker slider again like he used to. But you did it against the Twins. It's up to you if you want to take a chance against the Twins again next time. I personally would rather take a chance on Ronzi Contreras' call up tomorrow. And yeah, I, you can go pick him up if you want. Uh, he's going to go against the uh, Rockies on the road. So it's Rocky Road. But then he gets the Dodgers after that. So, I mean, you can't really wait and see is what I'm trying to get at. Because you don't want to start him for the Dodgers. So you might as well just not pick him up then, right? So if you're going to pick him up, you might as well start him. It's not worth the spec ad. 
all the hype and stuff. It's fun. He has gone through some walk issues, but he has really nice stuff. We'll see. I'm curious what that start's going to be tomorrow. Uh, Johnny Cueto against the White Sox. Sorry, not as a White Sox against the Yankees. Did it again. Six innings of zero and runs, six hits, two walks, five Ks. You know what's crazy, though? He threw 27 combined four-seamers and change-ups, and he had a zero CSW on them. Zero for 27. And it worked. I mean, sure, he throws more than that. He throws sinkers and sliders that were good, but or fine, I should say. I don't want to do this. I Steven Matz, unfortunately, left his game with a shoulder injury, and it might mean that Matthew Liberatore gets more time. That's something to monitor here. Uh, hopefully, Matz is okay, not a long-term injury here. Um, Patrick Sandoval, 7.1 innings and one earned run, four hits, one walk, and seven Ks against the Athletics. He did exactly what he was supposed to do against the Athletics. The changeup only was thrown 18 times, and he got four whiffs on it, which sounds bad, but then you realize, wait, that's a 22% swing striker, so that's fine. And the slider was good, and fastball earned a lot of called strikes, and voila, that's that's it. Uh, Jameson Tyone against the White Sox, one earned run in seven innings, seven strikeouts, five hits, one walk. I feel like he's a kitchen sink guy that sometimes is going to struggle from a lot of balls in play, but his CSW went, uh, sorry, CSW on the slider was 45%, but he doesn't have this, like, overwhelming pitch. What is Tyone's best pitch? I mean, I think it's his four-seamer, but it's, yeah, it's just weird. So he's kind of a Toby to me in this way. Slightly better, I guess. He's in that Toby tier for me. He's probably going to be at the top of it because Merrick Kelly's not going to be there anymore. He's he's going down in velocity and losses changeup. That's what he did yesterday. Uh, Merrill Kelly, or maybe it wasn't yesterday. It was over the week. No, Merrill Kelly. I got it. I'm here. Five innings, three runs, five hits, three walks, two Ks against the Cubs. Yeah, his changeup is a 14% CSW, and he's just the Toby now because he's not throwing 94-95. He's throwing, or 93-94. He's throwing 92 without that changeup. But anyway, I'm going out of order. This is bad. Uh, Jose Urquidy, 6.2 innings, one run, six hits, one walk, and 10 Ks against the Rangers. Uh, his velocity went up a full tick, and he got 20% swing, uh, swing strike rate on it. 10 whiffs on 50 thrum. And his changeup was really good. And this is how Urquidy used to be. Huh. I hope he's that all the time now. Uh, Mackenzie Gore, six innings, one run, three hits, two walks, and six Ks. He's back because Clevenger is on the IL, and they want to give him an extra day. And like, nah, let's just put you on the IL. Doesn't mean Nick Martinez is starting tomorrow. Actually, today. I don't know how long it's going to be, but we're going to talk about that later in the streaming rankings. As far as Gore goes, he gets the Pirates next. So, yeah, if he's out on the wire, you should be picking him up. Uh, I would start him for the Pirates. It's going to be a probable start. I don't really love everything in the repertoire from Gore. I feel like it's a little... There's nothing that makes me go, oh, man, this is incredible. But, yeah, all right. (laughs) Tony Gonsolin, though, he did the thing with his slider. Finally, 52% CSW, 81% strikes. All I've wanted is like 65% strikes consistently with Gonsolin Slider. And it was a 70% when he was killing it in 2020. And we've seen like 55% thus far. And finally we got 81%. And what do you know? Six innings, one run, three. It's one walk in seven Ks against the Phillies. Finally, he gets the Diamondbacks and the Pirates next. Now I'm finally on board with Tony Gonsolin. Like really the first time I'm actually in on Gonsolin. He's going to jump up a lot now. He's going into the above Toby tier because of this today. And we'll talk about the list at the end of the podcast. Bailey Ober, five innings, one and run, three hits, one walk in, four Ks, 13 whiffs, 29% CSW, 78 pitches. Good. He's going to get the Royals again. Fastballs were up. It's Bailey Ober. Welcome back from the aisle. We're happy to have you back. Shane Bieber. So good news. 24 whiffs and a 41% CSW with 10 strikeouts, seven innings, two and runs. He was great. Bad news. He's at 90.4 on the, on the fastball. And I think against teams that aren't rhyming with Igers, uh, they he might do poorly. 
I, 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 I love the fact that the slider did really well, and so did the curveball, and Fastball even got whiffs too, but... I don't know. I mean, I'm still going to have him probably around like 20 or so. I'm not going to, I don't think that Shane Bieber all of a sudden is going to be a top 10 guy if he's sitting at 90.4. Legitimately, when he was the best, it was 93.8. Like, think about that for a second. This is such a far cry from that. So, I think he's going to get hurt a bit with that fastball this year. Uh, Austin Gomber gets the Mets, survived somehow, and now he gets the Nationals on the road, and that could work. Uh, Zach Eflin had his curveball. 33% usage on his curveball led to 12 Ks against the Dodgers, seven innings, two and runs. A lot of guys went seven innings and two and runs today. Um, I don't know if that's going to stick around. That's really crazy to me. 12 whiffs and 35 thrown. Un- unreal. We've heard before of Zach Eflin having his curveball and then losing it and finding it in the pen before the games. And most of the time it's not there, but sometimes it is. All of a sudden, 33% curveball usage is just nuts. It's what we've dreamed of. Is it going to stick around? I don't know. Um, but hopefully it sticks around for the Mets. Uh, Nathan Valdi rebounded in a major way, as he should have, because it was five home runs against the Astros and whatever. 6.2 innings, two earned runs, four hits, one walk, and 11 Ks against the Mariners. Don't worry about this. I mean, I don't believe that the splitter will have 12 whiffs every start moving forward. And I don't think he's going to have 11 Ks constantly because of that. But, you know, he's still top 40, and that's cool. Cole Irvin came back from the IL. Remember him as a Toby moving forward. Whatever, he did fine against the Angels, I guess. Just move on. Alex Fayedo mm, did not have a slider doing the things, and it wasn't nearly as good of a stream as I wanted it to be. I mean, 200 runs and 5.1 innings, fine. But, like, I want to see uh, more slider whiffs, and I mean, he didn't get that. Just four on the day. I need more. I need more, Fayedo. Could he do it against the Guardians next time? I think so. Don't rule it out because he only had two strikeouts in this game. But uh, I want to see more. Aaron Sanchez had a, how am I supposed to butter my bread with this with one strike and five innings, but it was 200 runs and nine base runners. I mean, whatever. Uh, Kikuchi, you say Kikuchi, 4.1 innings, 200 runs, two hits, three walks, seven case, ran into trouble in the first inning, and then settled down. I don't think that he's that good. This was against the Reds in Toronto. I, I think this is kind of smoke and mirrors a bit, guys. And I know they're all, this is what happens in the baseball world. People, um, I do it too, don't worry. I... Uh, we, we, what we what we do is we see someone do well for two or three starts, and then all the articles come out about, like, he's done this, and he's changed, and he's different. And I don't buy, buy any of the articles I've read about why Kikuchi's different. Maybe, you know, he's learned from Robbie Ray, and he's just throwing fastballs in the zone, and that's working. And then, no... I don't, he's not really doing what Robbie Ray did. Uh, or it's other things. It's this and that. And we, we give an answer for it. And the answer is things have gone well. <laughs> I legitimately think that you say Kikuchi doesn't do well against the Angels. I, 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 I'd, be, I'd be worried about this. Uh, Graham Ashcraft is going one against the, the Jays. And look, here's the thing. He went 4.1 innings, 200 runs, forwards, two walks, three Ks. And you're likely you're just going to shrug it off and forget about him from the Reds. However, if you watch him, he throws a 97-mile-per-hour sinker and a 97-mile-per-hour cutter. That really is just like a cut four-seamer. And what? Like, it is. It comes in hard. It, it doesn't look, you know, sometimes you see that upper velocity and it doesn't feel like it's hard. This looks like it's hard. But the thing is, the slider had a sub-50% strike rate. It was like 41%. So what happened, the Jays just did not care for the slider. Like, they didn't even respect it. It was so obviously a take when it was thrown. And that meant that they just timed themselves for 97, which major league players can do. 
And sure, they didn't do it so well. It was 200 rounds. It wasn't like 10 or something. But they were like, okay, we can endure this. And they didn't miss it. Three whiffs total. You know, two on the on the cutter and, and, and sinker. So Ashcraft has to figure out that slider, if you ask me. It's kind of cool, though. I mean, I, I enjoyed myself <laughs> watching Graham Ashcraft pitch here. Uh, and it's way better than, like, watching, I don't know, Ryver San Martin and Vladimir Gutierrez. <laughs> like, way more fun. I, I just don't know if he's going to have enough command with the slider uh, to make it work. I mean, this is this is the kind of guy that could just strike out eight guys tomorrow. Like, if all of a sudden the slider feels good, and like, oh, wait, who is Graham Ashcraft? But... I don't know what the chances of that are, 15%? Like, I don't know. So, yeah, that, that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. Um, Corey Kluber against the Orioles, three innings and two in runs. 73 pitches for that. Oh, just five out of 50, over 55 whiffs on cutters and curveballs, and that's the Yankees next, and that's just all bad. Not what you want. Um, I wouldn't really... I don't feel like Corey Kluber is the kind of guy that you need to hold through bad matchups, you know? Sure, he'll have some good starts and stuff, but like I don't want to do that. Uh, Logan Gilbert against the Red Sox, seven innings, three and runs, five hits, two walks, four Ks. Uh, I mean, there's just so much to talk about from yesterday. My God, um, I think that Logan Gilbert is good. Uh, did I see enough from the slider yesterday? Maybe he had a lot more lateral movement. I watched this one. Uh, seven ifs on seven ifs, seven whiffs on it as well. Like, not necessarily the cut action. Like, actually sometimes had that legitimate lateral movement. Didn't get bites a lot from the, the Red Sox. And it may have been the angle that made it look like more lateral movement than there was. Because uh, it was a little bit off to the left um, with the Fenway camera. And that might be why it just didn't feel like a big whiff pitch. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's fine. You, you should be fine. Kind of like Eovaldi. Like, yeah, you should be around the top 40. Um, I don't think he's going to ascend to being top 20, though. Uh, Wade Miley... Supposed to be a good stream against the Diamondbacks. It was so pedestrian. He got you gave a poor quality start, great, but for a standard league, it's a 4.5 ERA as he won six innings of three and runs. Give you one three three whip with eight base runners and just three Ks and did not give you a win. So no, that's a streaming fail. I am so sorry for all of you. Uh, Spencer Watkins, let's move on. I felt bad for him. Got to come back to the forearm. Didn't even register now. He took taken out of the game and that's that. Ian Anderson, uh, unfortunately, had a really nice start going. Of six innings, of two and runs, and seven base runners with six Ks. And then was left in for the seventh, allowed two singles. They both came around to score, and now his ratios are all bad. Poor guy. I think he did really well. His curveball was great. 70% strikes on his curveball. If you could give that to me every single time from Ian Anderson, he would be maybe a top 30 starter if I if I saw that every, every game. I'm, I'm not even kidding. That's what Ian Anderson needs. And they were located so beautifully at the bottom of the zone. It does make me think that it's very fragile because it was so perfectly placed at the bottom instead of just like casually in the zone, which is kind of weird to say like he was too good, which means that it's not as sustainable, right? I I want to believe in, in Ian Anderson, but uh, I wonder if like by July, essentially, uh, that he will have it figured out and consistent. I don't know. Taylor Hearn, we're going to move past that because I got to speed through the same with Bryce Wilson, my lord. Freddie Peralta is on the IL now, which is unfortunate with shoulder tightness. And Aaron Ashby is going to be going to be getting starts. I'd be picking up everywhere. Do this. Uh, it might be a tough start the first time around, but I think over time, like Ashby now has a rotation spot and he's not going to give it up the rest of the year. Now is the time to go after Aaron Ashby. 
Uh, and Alex Wood against the, the lefty mashing Padres did not do well. Three innings, five run runs, but he gets the Reds next. And I think, honestly, that's when we'll be like, oh, okay, cool, Alex Wood is good again. So keep in mind of that. All right, looking forward to today's starters. Uh, I'm not going to go over every tomorrow and the next day. Tune in tomorrow for the weekly streams. Um, we got Cole Wheeler Barrios in the top tier. Yes, Barrios against the Cardinals. Great undulator, did well last time, like you do it. Probably start Luis Garcia, uh, Marco Gonzalez, and Alex Cobb. That's Marco Gonzalez against Oakland. Garcia against the Guardians. And Alex Cobb against the Mets. And honestly, I think a lot, everyone's just saying all this doom and gloom about Alex Cobb. I'm starting him against the Mets. I think he's good enough. I think he's smart enough. And gosh darn it, people like him. Uh, and questionable starts here is a really interesting one. You have Cool versus Brubaker in Pittsburgh. So both of those are like the same pitcher of throwing really good sliders, right? I'm going to go with Cool because I think Cool has had more legitimate success lately. Well, Brubaker could be the better play. I don't know. Choose your favorite one. I'm going with Cool. But I think both of them are worthy streams against each other. Uh, Tyler Anderson's solid as well against the Nationals. Nothing really wrong there. It's just not this like overwhelming thing from Adobe uh, as he goes against the Nationals. Uh, Tristan McKenzie against the Astros and Miles Michaelis against the Jays are both these hey, uh, that's a tough matchup, but you've been kind of good. So I think you maybe start them both, but ah, that's really rough. Well, Zach Greinke gets the Diamondbacks. That's cool with me. He's a Toby, sure. Nick Martinez is going for the Padres against the Brewers now. He threw four innings last week, and I don't know how smooth he's going to be. And that's my biggest hesitation here. But I still dig Nick Martinez, guys. I think like if Nick Martinez finds his way into this rotation for the full year, He'll be solid as a Toby, if not better, in a 12-teamer. I don't know. I, I just think his stuff is that good. Uh, it's better than the results have been. Um, and the do not start tier, Zach Logue, Adrian Hauser are pretty much the main two I'm going to hear comments from. So Zach Logue has been okay with his breakers, more so than his changes, which is weird. But against the Mariners, I really don't want to do this. While Adrian Hauser going against the weaker Padres against right-handers. They're good against lefties, bad against right-handers. It could work. He just didn't do well against the Reds twice, and that kind of has me spooked from starting Adrian Hauser for a bit, even though he did well last time out. So I'm not doing that one. Um, and the rest of them are very, very, very obvious. Oh, Vladimir Gutierrez is still around on the Cincinnati Reds? All right, well, that makes me feel better, but Ashcroft's, Ashcraft's like, sticking around because of that. All right, uh, looking at the list. This is Monday. I'm going to be doing this, live streaming it today, as I always do. But I give you guys a preview of it as I go and eat lunch, right? What are the moves I'm going to be making? Uh, I am going to be moving up Justin Verlander probably inside the top. Oh, Freed is going to go below Verlander. Do I put Verlander above Shane McClanahan? I can't do that. So Verlander is going to go above Manoa, but then Freed's going to come down. So Manoa is not going to change. I, uh, but I think I'm going to put Giolito under. I, uh, I probably will move him down to like 11 just because it's like, McClanahan and Verlander and Rodon are just that good. I think we have to do that. But, I mean, it's not that anything necessarily bad about Giolito. It's just that the guys are that great. I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, in Tier 3, honestly, nothing really changes here. I mean, I might move down. I might move up Alcantara and uh, Wheeler. But, I mean, Robbie Ray stays where he is. Monta stays where he is. Nola, Dylan sees. Peralta gets removed. Keep in mind, there's going to be a big plus one for everyone for that. Julio Urias, Zach Allen. Zach Allen probably goes into that tier three. Uh, Shoei Otani stays where he is, you know. I mean, Charlie Morden probably gets pushed into the other tier um, after the, uh, the recent disappointing start. Shane Bieber probably goes up into that fourth tier. I might even just remove it completely. 
uh, and make Arias, Gallon, Otani, and Bieber be part of that tier three. I think that makes sense, honestly. Uh, while then opening up tier four into that questionable tier of guys. And looking at this now, there really isn't much movement to be had. I will be saying, I will be telling you guys that Trevor Rogers is going to be going from that tier five relative area of like the 35 rank, probably to tier seven where Tyler Molly is. Right. So that's the, that's the last tier before the Tobies right now is tier seven. Uh, you're going to see Ruanzi Contreras in tier nine. Uh, if Grayson Rodriguez were here, he'd be in that tier seven, which is like the fifties, late forties, early fifties. Uh, Kopech is going to go up a little bit because of today's start, which is really, really cool. Clevenger gets removed. Alex Wood and Alex Cobb, I think, get removed from that tier six. They go down. Um, Tarek Skubal is going up a little bit. I mean, there's just so many good guys in tier six. Uh, but yeah, Wood and Cobb should be falling, though. I I mean, look, I know that they just went to course, and I've been saying a lot about this, but Wood more so than Cobb. But both of them are not, just not on the same level as Skubal and Sandoval and Manaya and Lauer and Ryan and Evaldi. We know this. Um, let's see. I mean, there really aren't any major moves. I don't know. Uh, Jeremy Montgomery don't, doesn't get as much love for me, but yeah, this is all fine. Uh, in tier eight, Merrill Kelly is going to be falling down a little bit just because he doesn't have his velocity in his changeup. James Tyone is going to be moving up to about 57 or so, or just higher in this tier. Uh, right behind Rodriguez and Valdez. Paul Blackburn, I think doesn't belong to be up here. Um, did he do poorly last time? I don't know. He just doesn't feel like he should be. Tony Gonsolin is going to be jumping into tier seven above like, yeah, he's going to be right where Tyler Molly is. Probably above him, like one. Chase Silseth, no, falling down. Winders on the IL. Strider is removed. Garrett Whitlock stays where he is. John Gray might jump up. I might push up John Gray. Kyle Bradish. Ugh. Hunter Green might jump up because he's doing the Wasker Noah thing. Uh, and that's pretty cool. Um, in tier 10, Martin Perez goes into the next Toby tier because, my lord, that's insane. Same with Marco Gonzalez, probably. Um, Demer stays where he is. Yeah, the other guys kind of stick around here. Maybe Tyler Anderson moves up. Uh, and then in tier 11, um, any major changes here? Uh, we remove Jaco to Rizzi. Daniel Lynch isn't going to be at 100. Neither is Quintana. Christian Javier, he's at 87 right now. No, he's going to go all the way up. To at least tier nine in the late 60s, if not into tier seven, because he just dominated with his four seamer. Uh, he's gonna be really close. It's gonna be really close. But I mean, th those are the major things from today. And hopefully that helps you guys out. But that's gonna do it for today. I gotta grab some lunch. <laughs> so thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks. Uh, hopefully you found this helpful. And but that's gonna do it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. I'm in your Babas below and your strike outside.